10 word Bible verse. We're just going to make up our own Bible verse. One word, alternating one word a piece. Verily. I. Say. Unto. The. Don't. Shave. Unless. They. Try. Escaping. <laughs> Verily I say unto thee, don't shave unless they try escaping. <laughs> that, but, would uh, be, that would be um, second uh, delusional list. Second delusionists 318. <laughs> Verily I say unto thee, don't shave. Unless they try escaping. Second delusionist, 318. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, neighbors. Oh, that was, that was stupid. Hi, neighbors. Welcome to the, another episode of the Praise and Broship podcast, where two best friends who are also deconstructed Christians deconstruct praise and worship music and other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians, we'll do our best to bring unique, like-hearted, and hopefully insightful conversations to you every week. My name's CJ, and I'm in Louisiana, and I'm joined by my best friend Luke over in Florida. How you doing, Luke? Hey, guys. I'm good, man. So every episode, we start off the same way, where we just check in with each other. What's on our mind? It's called, How's Your Walk? Luke, how's your walk? I'm doing all right. Um, I am, was off today. We're, uh, we're recording on a Monday afternoon, as opposed to Monday evening or another evening. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to earlier. see if, the, if there would be a different energy if we um, you know, started out during the day versus you know, ending our, our day with with recording. So we'll see how that goes. And then I got some good news. My, over the last couple of weeks, my mom has been worried because she had some lumps in her neck and uh, she got an MRI and got biopsy and, but they're all benign. So they're going to take them out awesome. and, and it's going to be, everything's going to be fine. So that's, that's fantastic. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then something I, I wanted to start doing uh, during the how's your walk stuff is maybe a bit of confessional. Um, oh, okay. So CJ, uh, forgive me for I've um, committed. Uh, what would this be? I don't know. Um, I get way too much. Ple- I get way too much pleasure out of boxing people in on the road, and that's something I need to like let go of. Oh my god, me too, man. It's so satisfying. It's like when so I see people satisfying. zipping back, at, they, I see them zipping back and forth behind me, and then I or they ride me to try to like you know get me to move over or go fast. I will I will slowly get to a point where I, they're going to pass me, but I know if I keep pace, I will reach the next car that's going to block them again. Or I might speed up just a little bit so that I know that they're not going to be able to squeeze through. <laughs> um, and really, I should just like not care. But it's uh, there's something so satisfying about it. Because, you know what, they could be in an emergency situation, and I'm <laughs> really, really uh, screwing them over um, for my own guilty pleasure. So... Yeah, the most of the time they're probably just assholes trying to, you know, rule the road, but really, I mean, should I care? No. Like I should just live my <laughs> life and move on. So, 
little things like that that I kind of want to maybe either go on rants or just confess uh, during the How's Your Walk because um, I think that could be beneficial. We could hold each other accountable. That's a phrase we haven't used in a long time. Uh, your the, I don't think your sins are forgiven. Uh, say four Toy- Toyota Camrys. Toyota Camry, Toyota Camry, Toyota Camry, Toyota Camry. Wow, that's almost an yes. unintentional tongue twister. <laughs> I wasn't even going for that. I was just trying to think of something other than Hail Mary. Yeah, so how, how about you, man? Everything's good, man. Um, I mentioned it kind of ambiguously in the last episode, and we'll keep it ambiguous uh, this week, too. But yeah, just so a lot of changes in life right now but good things nothing nothing bad or anything just you know changes sometimes a little stressful a little scary um i did want to talk about though frozen pizzas can we talk about frozen pizzas they have really I'm come surprised a long we way. haven't already yes <laughs> they have really come because you know back in the day it was kind of like DiGiorno was the only like you know really premium yeah premium like top shelf kind of frozen pizza because totinos even though you ate those because they were cheap and uh you know they were pretty kind of almost personal size you could take one down by yourself well i can um but even totinos are better now and then also like the sam's choice and and the uh those generic brand frozen pizzas are really good. We had a Philly cheesesteak thin crust pizza uh, for lunch today. That was just absolutely incredible. But I just wanted to talk about how frozen pizzas have come a long way. That's all I want to talk about in How's Your Walk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we have Publix and they have mm-hmm. a signature uh, brand of pizza where they have like more interesting combinations than just pepperoni or cheese or whatever. Like they have a margarita that's pretty good, but they have this one that's like mushroom and steak with like a white sauce. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that's mm. good. That's pretty much um, so how this Philly cheesesteak one was. Uh, and then the Walmart makes like they have like a premium kind of. I wouldn't call it deep dish, but it's like thicker crust, and it's like jalapeno popper, or you know, it's it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's some of the pizza combinations that they're doing now. Well, and I have a baking steel now. It's uh, it's way better than a like a pizza stone because it'll never crack. Um, and uh, it's just it soaks in the heat from the oven. It takes longer for your oven to preheat, but it'll regulate it better. This is not an advertisement. I'm not saying the brand, um, <laughs> but it's just like a like a quarter inch of just solid steel. And when you put you know a regular pizza on it, yeah, it's great. But I mean, it, it elevates a frozen pizza too. That's awesome. <laughs> all right well neighbors let's move along to our next segment it is cj's turn to bring us a christian or praise and worship song so what do you have for us all right so it's been a while since you picked one so i'm excited yeah, and, and I've had this on my list now for a while. Um, so we were in the car. We were traveling somewhere. I want to say it was to uh, Tracy's brother's house for Thanksgiving. And so this has been a couple months. And Tracy, like, plugged her phone in to the USB thing to charge it. But then it automatically started playing the media on her phone. And this song came on. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't listened to, I haven't heard this song in like 
20 years, going on 20 years. So I immediately typed it into my notes app on my phone because I, I knew I was going to want to do this one. So we're going to listen to Audience of One by Big Daddy Weave. Oh my goodness. Okay, I have something to say, but we'll, we'll do it on the other side. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> we're we're going to listen to it. You guys can do the same. Pause that podcast. Listen to the song. And you know what? We haven't said this yet, but I would recommend uh, in the future for you listeners out there to go ahead and just listen to both of the songs before the podcast starts, before you start listening to the podcast. That way you don't have to pause it and come back. You can listen to both the songs. They're, the title and the artist is in the show notes, so you can do that and maybe just kind of streamline that a little bit. We realize that it's, you know, could p potentially be inconvenient for you to have to put the podcast on hold to switch over to a music streaming uh, platform and do all of that. So, uh, but anyway, uh, unless, we're unless you it. like to, unless you like to, you know, have that slightly more immersive experience where you're listening to it with us. So right, it's up to yeah. you, but I, if, I probably would listen to both of them first. Yes, indeed. But so uh, we're going to do that right now and we'll meet you guys back here in just a few. Welcome back, neighbors. You just listened to Audience of One by Big Daddy Weave. Luke, what do you think? You're standing up. Uh, he has a jacket, a letter jacket uh, from high school. <laughs> Can you see that? Yeah. Well, it says Wilson on the back. What's this other patch underneath? Get closer to it. Can you get closer? Oh my God! It is a patch that says "Audience of One" on it. It's his high school letter jacket. He can't hear anything I'm saying because okay, he doesn't have so his headphones on. Let me explain. Okay. Uh, that was that's my high school letter jacket because I did track for four years, cross country for two, and basketball for one year. Um, we were terrible at all of them uh, except for cross country. Actually, cross country we were pretty good. Um, but the reason why I wanted to show you that is because one year at an FCA camp, uh, the theme was audience of one and the patch had my school colors on it and I had a letter jacket. So I was like, I got to get this. And I at the time I loved the song too. And so sure, of course I'm going to get the patch. And so whenever you said that, I was like, I got to go get my letter jacket, <laughs> which I only yeah, you got just ran off camera early, <laughs> like before or right after, after the song. We the song and that that's hilarious that's so funny yeah so what i got i mean i still have to ask what did you think what's, uh, what's going through your well, head well first i need to figure out a word count um we haven't done that in a while uh so here well, is... yeah i was gonna get there oh okay right, that's oh, fine. well <laughs> crap now i feel like i derailed it um no you're good uh so what's the word um it's pretty wordy, actually, but I think it uses a lot of the same words, just kind of like Taco Bell remixes all over the ingredients. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's pretty high. I'm going to go 94. Oh, my God. Are you are you cheating? No, are you no. like legitimately? Are you seriously? Seriously. Is it is it? Am I close or is it exact? 95. Oh my god, dang. 
dude. <sighs> well, see, I, I picked my original target was like 120, and then I went down to like 80, and I was like, okay, well, let me recompensate after decompensating, and went up just a little bit. Wow. You know, and and it is wordy. Like, the chorus is super long. Like, there, there's like 12 lines of, of a chorus, but... His fra- the phrasings and stuff, the lyrics themselves are short lines. They're not super long. So I, you know, I could see someone getting thrown off by that word count and maybe guessing either way too high or way too low. Uh, I would, I would have thought it was lower than 95 if I was guessing. Cause when I calculated it, I was like that, that seems high, but I mean, I know I did it right. So, but yeah. Yeah, it's just the chorus is is really long. It's it's longer than like both verses put together, I think. But yeah, so what? Yeah. What do you um, think about this song? I actually think it's pretty well written. Uh, one one example that I have of um, of the the writing actually being kind of good is where he says, "Where is it? It's about you are you are father and you are son, and as your spirit flows free." So like he's mentioning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but not just saying Father, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. So uh, well, he kind of is, but it's like it's a it's a little bit more effort put into the songwriting than just saying it outright. Yeah, yeah, and i I appreciate the reference to the Trinity there, but I and I and I have notes on this, and I I'll push back a little bit. I feel like it's a little janky the way that the way that he uses the Trinity there, I, like he's saying you are father and you are um, son yeah. uh, as your spirit flows free. I, I get it that it's, you know, for the meter and for the rhyme scheme and, and it does work and it's not, look, I, I'm not going to say the guy is being a heretic or anything like that. Uh, but it could be confusing for like young Christians or really maybe just anyone who struggles with the concept of a triune God, you know, three and one, one and three kind of thing. Um, I, I could definitely see how that could be confusing. Um, but I, I agree with you in the sense of like, it's the way that it's done is as good as you can do it other than just saying like, you know, calling them all out in the same line or saying yeah. like, or splitting them up you even further father, than that. Son and whole. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. You, there's a way you could fit it into one line, but, um, and, and now that you pointed out, like I'm looking at the lines before and after, and it does kind of seem a, a bit shoehorned in. There probably could have been a better way of, of doing that, that where the lyrics kind of led you there as opposed to just kind of saying a bunch of phrases back to back. But I, I also didn't find anything biblically inaccurate with it that I can sense. Uh, one thing that I didn't like was the, uh, what song could I sing that would move the heart of royalty? Like that puts God in a position of like, well, you have to impress me, you know, like you, you got to do something. Right. Otherwise I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to be there for you. Like it, it does kind of seem like a conditional love there where, and, and maybe that's maybe that's not what he's saying. Maybe he's like acknowledging, you know, there's nothing that I could do to to move you, and that's why you know you are God because you you are all loving. But the whole song is kind of saying like, you know, you are my audience. I'm here to perform for you. So I guess yeah, it is. 
The more I talk about it, the less I like the lyrics. Actually, I thought it was okay at first. I thought I thought well, it was fine, not a good song, but it was you know acceptable as a praise and worship song. But there's like subliminal well, th- things that are like yeah. not great. And and that's and that's what and I mentioned it with the word when we were talking about the word count, like because he is so succinct with his writing in the song, he he never oversteps mm-hmm. right he never gets into the territory of like oh, this could be really problematic one way or the other whether you're listening through a, a a christian evangelical christian lens and you're thinking maybe it's uh there are some problematic themes there or like us in deconstructed mode or or even uh, just an atheist uh, someone that's never been religious at all he's because it's so succinct and concise and maybe a little vague in some places he never kind of leans one way or the other with them the the lyrics being problematic now you brought up this aspect of you know what song could i sing and there's a bit of self-disparaging lyrics in this song which is actually fairly common in christian music you know it's the idea that we're sinful we're worthless. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything without God. Like we have to, we need God to be anything remotely resembling a good person, right? Uh, and so this isn't like Big Daddy Weave doing something that that you don't see in in Christian and praise and worship music. It's all over the place. It's maybe worded differently and phrased differently, disguised differently, even. Uh, I don't even know if I would say it's disguised in most Christian music. I, to me, it's pretty blatant. But there's this dissonance in the song between he's using phrases like, what could I bring? What song could I sing? This is all that I have is to bring this song. And But he's also saying things like, I am bringing all that I am, and I'm coming to you just as I am. And uh, here are my praises, and you are my great reward. And so, to me, there's a mixed message that's mm-hmm. oscillating somewhere between despair and defeat and victory. And for me, uh, looking back on my my Christian walk as as now deconstructed, it this never did me any favors from a mental and emotional standpoint because it's sending so many mixed signals like wait am i worthy to bring this to god and to do this for god or am i not you know what what do do i come just as just as i am or do i am i just lucky that i my soul is saved right I, there's it's such a despairing you know, kind of, kind of thing. And it's a, it's a a thin line and I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing, but I definitely think it, it can mess people up in the head. And even to this day, like for me as a musician, my lyrics to this day are very, um, self-deprecating. And there's a lot of like me tearing myself down in the lyrics because I never really thought about it until I started researching this song and really reflecting on this and thinking about this in in other praise and worship songs too that we've done where it's like oh it's because that's what these songs are all about they're all not all but they're for the most part very like i am dark and and damned to hell 
but you have saved me. And so they always bring this, bring you back up and they want to build you back up, but there's no realistic aspect of like, no, you might just be like damned, you know, Mm -hmm. or, um, or no, there's victory over that and you're worthy and you are loved unconditionally. Right. And, 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 and grace has lifted you up and exalted you to a place where you can be with God and commune with God. Right. There, there's always a, they're trying to strike a balance. And I just don't really think that that's how an experience works all the time. It can work that way and it can have a nice grand happy ending, but it, I don't know. There's just some, there's a disconnect here and and I can't quite put my finger on it. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Wow. Yeah. I'm seeing that a lot in the way that I think too, now that you say that is, you know, everyone else is better than me and I'm having to try to figure out how to earn my place to be as good as everyone else. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the saxophone player in this song for a second? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. We can. <laughs> it just seems to come out of nowhere in between, uh, like in between verses and choruses at the, where there's just instrumentals. And I, at the towards the end on the last time it happened, I'm just picturing the saxophonist standing there, just like you know, with his hand on his sax, just like just still, just staring off, and then like, oh shit, it's my turn, and then he just starts playing, <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> and then he just goes back to just standing there because he's unless it's another musician playing something else and then going to the sax, like he's just standing there for most of the song and plays the same thing like three times. <laughs> So, so one of the one of the band members is actually the saxophonist. Uh, Joe Shirk is his name. He's been with the band the whole time uh, since night. They formed in 1998, and uh, he's been with them oh, the wow. whole time. He does also play keyboards, and he does some backing vocals. I don't know. Are there keyboards in this song? Are there keys in this song? I, I know like there was. It was pretty full. There, there may have been, but yeah, like listen. I love a good sax solo like throw the saxophone in there when in doubt saxophone right but he like you said he plays the same thing i would have liked maybe a more epic swell at the end hitting some really high notes uh maybe have like a really good solo instead of singing the course like four times at the end in a five and a half minute song you could put a good you know 30 second sax solo in there after the second chorus you know it's like there's there's ways that you could they could have executed that better i love it i think it's good it's just not very interesting after the third time it just it's jar it's jarring it doesn't seem to fit (laughs) it's i mean it's well played obviously but it does it just seems again shoehorned um because there's no build to it there's no like simple like for example the drums they start off kind of you know heavy not heavy but full uh they're not simple but there there is a build to it like in the beginning he's just hitting that snare drum like you know every fourth beat or whatever uh and filling in with other stuff in between and as the song goes on the drums fill out more and more whereas with the sax it's just again just injected into the instrumental part and he plays the same thing each time you know well there, to me it's, no it's interesting the, the first the first time is interesting when it when it punches in after that first chorus i i like it it is unexpected you're absolutely right the second time, it's like, okay, it's kind of the same thing. It sounds a little lazy. Um, and then the third time when it's literally basically the same notes and the same little 
run that he's doing. It's like, come on, you can't do just a little bit more. And, and the thing is, is that the very next song on the record is uh, called Never Going Back. And it has like really good funky sax in there. So it's not like the dude doesn't know how to play it. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, obviously he knows how to play it. He's playing it, but you get what I mean. Like he's, he's technically capable of doing something other than the same yeah. it, it little just, ditty. It seems like they're trying to tap into little Dave Matthews, but they're not being that effective at it. And I think from what I remember, like the other songs on the album are kind of that they are, you know, they do seem to be, you know, Dave Matthews influenced. So I just don't think it works. They have a well little, here. they have a little funky jam band kind of thing going on for sure. Uh, I think, I think that's a, a good observation to, to uh, talk about Dave Matthews, even though I'm sorry, I do not like Dave Matthews. I, <laughs> I can't, I'm not saying he's talented. I mean, look, I'm not saying he's a terrible musician or anything. I just, I can't get into him, man. Is it because don't. of his passionate fans are so passionate? Like, is it because of the fans that you yeah, don't it's like a him? Weird, it's a weird cult thing, but I just, his voice grates on me after a little while. Um, hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> I love that song though, man. It's so fun to me. I, I really do like that song a lot. But I, I do think it has a lot to do with the fans are so evangelical that and get yeah, so they defensive. Just, they want to convert everybody. It just, and they it just can't makes understand. it. It makes it. They they make themselves easy targets, and so the, by default you don't like the band. But the band is not bad. Like the band is popular for a reason. I actually saw Dave Matthews live uh, once, and it was just I was high. Uh, I took an edible before. <laughs> Uh, and it was... You don't have to sound so ashamed. You should have confessed that in the Hauser Walk segment. Well, I didn't know we were going to be talking about Dave Matthews. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it you was... Should confess, you should confess that you're sorry that you like Dave Matthews. Okay. <laughs> Not about the weed, but about liking Well, Dave no, Matthews. that too. That too, for sure. Uh, but no, it was it was just a one long jam song. Like, it, it was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't remember much of it, but I remember having a good time. <laughs> I remember that I couldn't move for yeah. three hours. So just just a little quick background. I, I'm not done talking about some of the stuff in the song, but some background on the band. Like I said, they formed in 1998. Uh, it's uh, pretty much been comprised of four or five members uh, throughout the the uh, history of the band, including two brothers, uh, the front man, Mike, and the bassist, Jay, and their last name is Weaver. So I'm hmm. guessing Big Daddy Weave is in reference to Mike, probably. Um, I think he was kind of a bigger guy, or is a bigger guy. I'm not sure. They also, I, they also wore never saw him. they also wore really big wigs, right? When they performed, <laughs> kind of like Daft yeah, Punk, yeah. but with but wigs. Yeah, yeah. Not instead of masks, they wore uh, or helmets. They wore wigs. Uh, <laughs> there's just someone on stage weaving a basket like <laughs> there's just so many references to weaving uh, <laughs> or weaves um the uh audience of one appears on the band's second album which was titled one and only which was released in july of 2002 the song was written by mike weaver the front man uh, one thing that I found really uh, interesting with this song, Audience of One, because so I couldn't really find a whole lot on the song 
itself because see for me i thought that this song was huge and it was but i guess because it was in the early 2000s and the internet you know maybe wasn't quite or it definitely wasn't quite what it is today <laughs> in terms of cataloging stuff and people i'm sure had lots of blog posts and stuff on this but they're just not there's just not much there when you're looking for this song in particular you can find like reviews on the album but for this particular song there's there's not a ton but one fact that I found out about this song was that Audience of One was one of the top 25 most performed ASCAP songs of 2003, which I thought, like, I had to go look that up because I was like, wait, one of the top 25 uh, most performed Christian ASCAP song? No, it was most performed wow. ASCAP songs of 2003. I'm not sure what place it came in. All I could find was that it was in the top 25. But I just found that so interesting that it was it's this huge song. But when you when you if you go into your streaming uh, platform and you you do like uh, audience of one into your search bar, it comes up with like rise against and. Uh, there's there's a lot of songs that are actually called Audience of One. Some of them are covers of this song. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you but, were saying, yeah, they were that all these were covers of this song, but no, it's no, just no. A lot, of, a lot of songs have that. Yeah, type. there are quite a few Audience of One songs. Like I said, Rise Against, and what was the other one that I that I saw? Um, so it's not it's in, not an original idea of having an Audience of One, whether it's a, a in a Christian or secular circle. Right. Yeah. Um, but so Jay Weaver, the bassist and brother of Mike Weaver, he tragically passed away from COVID-19 oh, wow. on uh, January 2nd, 2022. So a little bit more than a year ago uh, at the age of 42. So uh, he he uh, they, they do have a new bass player. Um, I don't where's his name at. I just had it. Their new bass player is. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't have a new bass player. Just kidding. Well, they probably do. I don't know how when this uh, Wikipedia page was updated. So yeah, he, you know, like I said, tragically uh, passed away from COVID or COVID complications, uh, whatever the case may be there. But uh, that's that's quite sad. Um, yeah. But again, not not a ton of information on the band. I get the I get the gist that they're pretty uh, private guys. I think Mike Weaver was like a praise and worship uh, pastor, a praise and worship leader at a church. Uh, I know he was when they first started the band, and I I figure he might still be. I don't really know how active they are touring-wise. I, I didn't have any information on that. but Yeah, I, I definitely remember listening to the this album a lot in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember where, which song. I don't, I don't recognize any of these song names anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I listened to the album after this, Fields of Grace. I think I yes, listened to that's that the one, one more. Of, okay, so maybe it was not yeah. this album. It was Fields of Grace because that's the song that I was referencing. There was there's a line in there that says, "Grace is the place where religion finally dies," and it's like that's actually not a bad line because it's not about that's. I love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, because it's not about following a set of rules or anything. It's just like no, this is you. You have grace. I, I always liked mm. that line. Uh, but that's not on this album. I thought it was. I thought I only had one of their albums. I guess I had multiple. Or that's, <laughs> I, torrent, that's really I torrented nice. it, probably. <laughs> so I 
like you said from kind of the get-go, even though you kind of maybe uh, uh, reneged on that a little bit, <laughs> I, I like I like the song. I think it drags. I think it's about a minute and a half too long. It's like five yeah. and a half minutes long. I think they need to cut out the, that, that repeat chorus at the end, put a little sax solo in there, and get out. But otherwise, I, I like it. I think that it's... It's good. I loved this song when I was a, a praise and worship leader. Um, and the thing that I love the most about this is this overarching theme of the audience of one, because we've talked about this on the podcast, but let's look at some of what these red letters say. Okay. So I have half a mind to <laughs> read the entire chapter of Matthew chapter six, but I'm not going to, it's long. But I want to hit up on the highlights here real, real quick. Quote, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people, end quote. Mm. Quote, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, end quote. Quote, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, end quote. Quote, do not heap up empty phrases, end quote. Quote, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, end quote. So for those of you who may not know, that's Jesus talking there. And this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter six is the center point. It's right in the middle of, of the Sermon on the Mount. Starts in chapter five of Matthew and goes through the end of chapter seven. Chapter five contains the Beatitudes, the blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, right? Uh, and it also contains the structure of Jesus basically turning the law on its head when he says, you have heard it said, but I say unto mm -hmm. you. And then chapter seven concludes the Sermon on the Mount with a few admonishments, but also the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you, they would, you would have them do unto you. And I steamed through, I steamrolled through all of that just really quickly because I want to point out something about corporate worship. What I mean by corporate worship, if you, you know, I, I realize that that's kind of a religious term for, for some people, you might not know what that means. It's when you gather with a big group of people to listen to praise and worship music, to listen to someone preach, uh, to have the uh, invitation where you might they're going to ask you if you want to give your life to Christ and they're going to pass around a, a uh, an offering plate to give money, all of those types of things. I understand corporate worship and its benefits. I lived in that life and in that culture for so long. I understand that it can be beneficial and that it is beneficial, but I it can also be problematic because you can sing till the cows come home about personal experiential worship, which is what audience of one is doing, right? I am only singing to you. I only desire to be yours. You are the only audience that I'm worried about. But the fact of the matter is that <laughs> these are, these are faulty humans that are on the stage singing this and they're singing it to potentially thousands of people how much of that experience in a corporate worship setting is truly personal and individualized, you know, I, that I've got nothing against going to church. If that, if that's what energizes you and what builds you up and edifies you, 
by all means, it did that for me for a long time. And yeah. I wouldn't be who I am today. And, and, you know, like we've said before, we didn't leave the church and we didn't deconstruct from Christianity because of some wrongdoing from someone or because we got wronged in any way we there were just other extenuating circumstances and so i have fond memories of corporate worship and i have fond memories of these worship experiences and how they made me feel but was it how why did it make me feel that way right am i praising god and feeling like that in my room when i shut the door and i go in secret right and and those are the questions that i have and i think that everyone should ask that to themselves if you're still involved and active in church and in a corporate worship setting you have to be honest with yourself not because the answer is going to be like well i'm going to be like luke and cj and deconstruct and never go to church again like no that's not i'm you just have to be able to to know where you are in your faith and uh, and then I also say that to if you are per, a performer, if you are one of these people who is leading worship or part of the worship team, like what are you doing this for? And and what what is your experience informing you of as you lead in this worship and you are part of the worship lead team? Uh, th- I just think that you have to be critical and ask and make sure that your heart is right. That's That's what I'm getting at. I don't know if you. Yeah, have and any it's kind of, um, kind of audacious to uh, <laughs> to be a praise and worship leader and title a song and write a song about an audience of one, or any really any artist and saying it's for an audience of one when you're literally putting it out for hopefully an audience of thousands, if not millions, of people. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm so, not and I'm not dogging on Mike Weaver here or or Big Big Daddy Weaver any worship leader. I read something recently on Matt Redman. You know, he's a, a praise and worship guy. One of the songs that he wrote, uh, Here I Am to Worship, um, which I'm sure we will do. He wrote that after realizing that what he was doing was performing and what he was doing was trying to make it a rock show in, a, in this big, this big grand performance. And he wasn't, and he wasn't. Uh, being true to what his calling was and that that takes a lot of self-reflection and and a lot of care as a lot of self-care to be able to to realize that you're not you may not be doing it for all the right reasons yeah yeah i mean as being as a a part of a, a praise and worship band in the past multiple i know that a lot of the reason why i did it is because i like the attention from people you know i, I liked being good at something and being recognized for being good at something. So that's just human it's, nature, it's, it, right? Yeah. You it's know? hard not to. So it is a little bit complicated whenever, yeah, you're trying to say that you're doing it for an audience of one when you're clearly, it's clear that you're not right. Uh, I, I get that that's maybe like a meditation or an intention. Um, so that's just, like you said, something that you have to acknowledge within yourself that though you're clearly doing it for a bigger audience, like that's, it's the, it's the mantra. It's the, it's the goal. To, to think about it, doing it that way. So, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to bring up about it? About the song? Um, yeah, I did. There's one part that I thought uh, that I, that I remember liking before and that I liked uh, this time listening is where th- there's one point where it feels like it's building up again, but then it drops out and it's just the like acoustic guitar and him singing. That's yeah. kind of satisfying. 
but it's it's yeah. also done a lot uh, in a lot I of mean, songs. That, but, yeah. it, that's, but it always that's, works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it always it's, works. It's, it's a it's a tried and true formula, and when it's done well, and you can you have this big, uh, wide open sound like they do. It works really well because you can bring it back in. And the acoustic guitar here, just as a side note, is EQ'd and mixed really, really well. It's it sounds incredible. It's it's got such a good tone. Whoever engineered this record, at least for this song, did a fantastic job with the with the tone of the acoustic guitar. It's just great. Um, but yeah, I mean that drop out and then and then build back in. If you can do it well, which we've had some songs that did it very well, and some songs that were very underwhelming in their you know yeah. dropouts and and build ups and stuff, but it, it's it's done ad nauseum for a reason, right? Because it can be so powerful and so impactful, mm-hmm. especially in a in a worship setting. Yeah, uh, and then the other thing uh, I mentioned when we were listening to the song was the. Out of nowhere, even more so than the saxophone, is the synthesizer little diddle at the end. At the and it's very just end, like, what was that? Um, and it's just, why? <laughs> it didn't need it. It's just, it was just something that everyone else was doing in the early two thousands, and so like, well, I, I guess we should do it too to to remain relevant. I don't know. It's it's just <laughs> maybe that's the uh, only other thing that the saxophone player did in that song was just a little synthesizer <laughs> thing at the end. He's like, "Fuck uh, my solo's over." Uh, here's a little yeah, something. It, I just I don't get it. It's so unnecessary and so out of place. And maybe it leads into another song, but I I don't know. I'd have to listen to the next song, which I probably won't. So <laughs> it um, doesn't lead into the next song now. Yeah, it's just so it's just so mm, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> the only other thing that I had to say about it is I'm looking on Spotify and keep in mind, this song came out in two, what, 2002 uh, and the the plays for this song is overwhelmingly uh, greater than the second place song on this album. The second place song on this album is one hundred and twenty seven point seven thousand listens or plays. This one is 1.4 million listens yeah. On, yeah. on it. It was a big so song. It's, yeah, it's wild, man. I, did, I wouldn't expect that much of a disparity, but I guess it was like the the single off of this album. So, But even still, it's only counting plays since it was posted on Spotify, which was probably at least a decade later, you know? So yeah, I thought that was a little interesting. Uh, other than that, no, I don't really have anything else to to say about it. It it sounds good on the surface, and uh, but when you just start digging into it, there are some things that I don't like about it. Yeah, but same. We've we've done much worse, and we will do much worse in presenting. Oh yeah, <laughs> praise yeah. Worship I, songs. Don't, I don't really so don't have any issues with the song. I you know uh, any major issues. I mean, you can yeah. pick apart anything, but. Yeah, not not the worst we've done or will do. <laughs> Trust me, by far, yeah. But also by far not the best. We've already done a few that were way better than this. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to read some YouTube comments from this Oh, song. I was hoping for this. I was hoping so bad that you wanted this or that you did this. So we'll just start. We'll start vanilla here. Okay. Sherry Smith said, oh, how this song speaks to me. I love it. I want to know God more. I want that so much. Oh, yes, I am listening as I type. 
Oh, how I love this song. God's will be done in my life. All caps. Yes. I'm sorry if that was really so, loud for you guys. I'll try to. So she's also down. not participating with the whole audience of one idea. Yeah. Well, nobody, nobody that's commenting on this is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, the next two comments, I have two other comments. I'm not going to give these names because I'll explain in a second. But you know them personally. one user, huh? You know them personally? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll explain. Well, I don't think I do. I'll explain in a second. So this one user said, only pride, pride in capital letters, only pride I have is that what Jesus did for me and washed me forever in his precious blood, I've given him my all and I will stand and live for him all my days. He is a healer, deliverer, and a restorer. Hallelujah to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hashtag ex-lesbian forever changed. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I didn't see that coming when they said ex-lesbian. Hashtag ex-lesbian forever changed. When you said, and, uh, sorry, when you said I wasn't going to, I'm not going to mention the names. And then you said the only pride that I have, I was like, please tell me this is like Proud Boy 69 or something. Um, no, no, <laughs> nothing like that. That would be better. <laughs> I wish I could put that as the episode title. Okay. Uh, um, and then here's another user that said, okay, no, no punctuation here. Okay. <laughs> She's not sure she'd comedy either comedian, either androgynous. One more time. One more again. <laughs> She's not sure she'd comedy either comedian, either androgynous. Oh, okay. Now, now I get what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. Tell them. <laughs> now, I don't know if this person is responding to the one about the ex-lesbian forever changed. I know. That's, that was um, my first thought, too. But They weren't, I... <laughs> they weren't directly rep replying to it, So, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And it was the, the, that last comment there was made after the the comment about the ex-lesbian so the reason i'm not Wait. mentioning their names is we i went to their profiles because i was curious i was like ex-lesbian for hashtag ex-lesbian forever changed let me see if this person has uploaded anything just out of curiosity well she has and it's her singing to backing tracks like doing covers of songs the majority of the songs she does are like like 90 like late uh, mid to late 90s and early 2000s rock like she's got some pearl jam in there and some uh fuel and um she did a little bit of uh bush i think a fleetwood mac oh Eric she Clapton definitely did even. a little bit of bush <laughs> <laughs> But not anymore. Ex-lesbian forever <laughs> <Yeah>. changed. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, but I'm but sorry. here's the thing. I'm sorry, it was just right there. Here's the thing: the videos are like it's not good. It's like she's running the audio for the 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 you know the the karaoke track. She's running it through like her computer speakers, so it sounds terrible. It, there's no you know depth oh, to yeah. the music. And then she's just using what I assume is her computer microphone 
to in her webcam to record. It's really bad quality audio and video wise. Now, vocally, she's not bad. Um, not fantastic or anything, but it's not it's not bad. I thought it was going to be really bad, uh, mm-hmm. but but it really wasn't. But I didn't want to say her name because, look, if y'all want to go try to find this, you can. It's not going to be that hard to find. Yeah, just just uh, but, look up the hashtag. <laughs> and then the other, this other guy, this third comment, she's she's not sure she'd comedy either comedian, either androgynous. <laughs> I went to this guy's page and holy shit, it was the craziest rabbit hole I've ever seen. And I actually ended up reporting his profile. Oh, um, and 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 I'll I'll tell you why in a second. But he he had all of these videos that were just like, um, I don't even really know how to explain it. Like it, it was like girls in thongs, uh, twerking, Listening. where all you can see is their butt and they're twerking, and um, n- no harm, no foul. That's fine. Like I, you know, hey, I'll watch it. But what it was, was the name like of that page him... again? <laughs> but it was him filming it. I guess you know using his phone filming his computer screen so it was like and you can hear him breathing in the background and it's real (laughs) weird but but and then he had some other like strange videos where he's like talking to the camera and he's wearing like a guy fox mask and you can can't really understand what he's saying and it was just such a weird rabbit hole now the reason why i reported him is because I was on my phone looking at his profile and I kind of, you know how you can like drag down on YouTube and it minimizes the video, but it'll still play at the little bottom banner thing Mm -hmm. while you like search for another, you know, video. Well, it, it paused it. And when it paused it, instead of just letting it keep rolling, it paused it and it came up with this little alert thing that said kid friendly videos automatically pause. And I said, wait a minute wait a minute, kid friendly. This is like a girl on a thong twerking. And I go to some of his other kind of weird, disturbing videos and they're all like on YouTube kids on like the kids thing on YouTube. And I'm like, look, I know that no, no, no hate to YouTube. Well, maybe a little hate to YouTube, but they have like a weird fucking algorithm. And these videos somehow like sneak in. I'm not really sure how they, how these guys are able to like fool the the algorithm and the the screening process and all that uh, probably because he's not getting very many views or anything to begin with but it's just like yo i had to i had to report it because it's just like i don't want people's kids seeing that like wow i mean the, the the twerking thing notwithstanding i mean look you raise your kids however you want but some of the videos were just weird and disturbing and not for kids i mean you know (laughs) my four-year-old nephew gets on youtube i don't want him seeing that shit yeah but anyway so that's that's all i have on it luke and i will watch these profiles later uh they're very very strange all right well we're gonna take a quick break uh and we will meet you back here with the second song segment and with a game or two so we will meet you back here in just a sec Welcome back, neighbors. We're going to play a quick game. I have one for Luke, not one of our normal games, just something that I kind of thought of the other day. I was talking with a friend and they asked me this question, or at least 
part of the question. You'll see what I mean. So I wanted to pose this to Luke and see if he had any knowledge of this. Luke, have you ever heard of the author Gary Chapman? No. Have you ever heard of the book, The Five Love Languages? Yes. So I probably, I, I have heard of Gary <laughs> yeah, Chapman. Yeah, it was written by Gary right. Chapman. This is, all right. Okay, I need this you. This is so funny that you're doing this because I thought we should do this. This, the Enneagram, the Yeah, uh, yeah, Enneagram, we definitely should. Okay, so for one point, I need you to at least name three out of the five love languages for me. Uh, I think I might be able to get all five. Uh, acts of service, words of affirmation. Um, shit. <laughs> uh, access or gift giving. Mm-hmm. That's three. Let's see if I can get the last two. Um, that's acts of service, gift giving, words of affirmation. Um, doing it in the butt. Yes, the poophole loophole for sure. That's one. <laughs> uh, soaking. Um. <laughs> I'm going to kick myself because I'm just, I'm, because you asked me, it's, I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, and I know they're probably obvious, but, I, but I'm on the spot. I can't think of the other two, but I got three. You did so. get three. So you got the point. Good job. So you said uh, words of affirmation, mm-hmm. acts of service, gifts or gift giving. The fourth one would be quality time. Quality time. I literally saw an Instagram post about this earlier. Now that you and say that. you know what, I'll give you four out of five because you said putting it in the butt, and the last one is physical touch. So there you go. Okay. I also <laughs> said soaking. So yeah, that, yeah. That, you know. <laughs> so there are your five love language. Which 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 love language are you? Like, what is your love language? It doesn't have to be these five. This is why it's so funny to me. It's like you literally just put an intangible thing into a box of five options. I would say words of affirmation probably is the bigger one. Mm-hmm. And then tied for second would probably be gift giving and uh, physical touch. But it, those, those are tricky for me because if I don't want you to touch me, then don't. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's contextual for those other two. Also, like, if if you gave me a gift, but I haven't, I feel like I haven't deserved it, then I don't, it's a little awkward for me. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's very contextual for the rest of them, but definitely words of affirmation while it does give me some embarrassment like more because i'm trying to be humble and i don't want to brag but i I do appreciate that quite a bit yeah i would i would think words of affirmation would be on the top of mine for sure and and probably quality time which is weird if if you know me then you know like i i like to be alone you know (laughs) i I like my alone time but i but i also appreciate yeah, it's like with. quality time is important, but you don't. I don't need a lot of it. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah, up when, there. It's really important for me, but I don't need much. When Tracy and I uh, had been dating, not not a terribly long time, but we had just moved in together, and she, um, <laughs> she was like, "Hey, um, some girls are getting together at so and so's house, and uh, I was gonna go over there and and b- probably be over there for a few hours, and um, I, I just." is that okay? And I was like, why are you, why are you asking me if it's okay? Please go. Like, I want to be by myself. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I love being by myself. And I think that a lot of people maybe are scared that someone is, you know, thinks they're being abandoned if they have abandonment issues or something. I can mm-hmm. totally understand that. But yeah, it's like, no, go. 
we can spend, we live together now. We can, we spend all our time <laughs> together. Get, get out of here. So, yeah. And then when she got back, she was like, so what did you do? And I said, I just played video games the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Was there other questions? Nope. That's it. Oh, <laughs> for one point? <laughs> one question, one point? Well, you had to get three out of five. Oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> okay. Well then. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is my segment. It will be the secular song of the week. Um, CJ, do you know who Open Mike Eagle is? I don't think so. Ooh, oh, this is exciting. You're gonna, I think you're going to like it quite a bit. So the song that I chose is Celebrity Reduction Prayer featuring Open Mike Eagle and, uh, and Odyssey. So okay. we are going to take a listen to that. And I hope you join us in that in one way or another and meet us back here when you're done or when we're done. I'll yes. figure out how to do these intros and outros someday. Maybe. All right. All right, neighbors. We just listened to uh, Celebrity Reduction Prayer by Mellow Music Group featuring Open Mike Eagle and Odyssey. I believe Odyssey was just the producer. Um, Open Mike mm. Eagle was the main vocalist and Mellow Music Group was the you know, the music composition. So, CJ, what did you think? <laughs> it was really, oh man, it was really good. I, I love the production. Uh, I, and I'm familiar with Odyssey's production, but it's the the rhyme scheme was good. Mm -hmm. It was, man. I, I mean, it it's so fascinating how our songs always. I was there's, thinking the same thing. There's overlap, we but there's it. but there's also you know some some contrasts as well. Like mm -hmm. this song, this song was a minute shorter than uh, Audience of One, but it, it way way more he dense. Said way more, and he did way more, and got way more points across. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's fascinating and just very yeah. relevant and it, it is crazy that you picked a song called audience of one and this this song is about celebrity worship where you have audience an audience of millions yeah like yeah. <laughs> that is i didn't realize that that was what we did until listening to it just now and that is wild how how on the much on the same wavelength we can get sometimes yeah because yeah, again, for any new listeners, since we're on new platforms, we don't we surprise each other with these songs. We don't know what the other person's going to pick. So, mm. uh, and it, and it happens so often that we pick a similar topic at the same time. But um, so, uh, open Mike Eagle uh, sounds like a stage name, but his real name is Mike Eagle, Michael Eagle, uh, and it's a really cool stage name. Um, because yeah. it's his real name, and he started out doing open mics. Like he's a comedian, and a you know obviously a hip hop artist. Uh, I got introduced to him, and I've mentioned this several times before uh, uh, from the Harmontown podcast. Uh, he showed up uh, and, and performed a couple of times on there. And what's interesting is uh, when he does his own stuff, he 
he did a one of his songs or multiple of his songs, and he just had this little beat pad. It's just like a you know nine by nine white square pad that he programmed different beats on and different sounds on, and he just plays on that while he's rapping, and it's really really fun to watch. Mm. But but yeah, man, uh, this this idea of celebrity worship, and I don't know why this song resonates with me because I don't really. I don't really get into that culture of celebrity worship a whole lot. There's a few people that I really like and I follow, but I don't reach out to them and I don't try to seek them out and get pictures with them and all that stuff. Uh, I have seen many celebrities in in person in real life. Uh, I have this thing about faces where I can, I, I've been to LA, I've been to New York and, I, and I've seen famous people, but just it's just not in me to seek out attention from them because I know I listen to enough podcasts and I listen to enough interviews where it's like they're real people. They don't want somebody mm-hmm, coming up mm-hmm. to them and, and and fawning over them. It makes it's if someone were to come up to you and just be like, "Oh my god, you're the greatest. I love you. Can we talk about this for hours? Let me buy you a drink." You'd just be like, "Whoa, calm down." Like yeah. I, that's not that's not what I, I I'm at Applebee's right now. Please <laughs> leave me alone. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to eat my steak and shrimp. Yeah. The, uh, well, and what I was going to add to, to kind of what you're saying with realizing that these celebrities are real people, like I've, social media has done a lot of bad things. And I think celebrity worship can, can go into that. But it's also done good things and not just social media, but like podcasts and things like that, where you you do get to know the celebrities in a in a different way other than like this unattainable, this person that's on this God tier, you know, this next level that we can't possibly get to. And maybe we wouldn't get to that, but but it still is it's a reminder that they are real people. But at the same time, a lot of these, obviously a lot of these celebrities are still being worshiped and they're, and they're being, you know, idolized. And that's what makes it so hard for people when a celebrity shows their quote unquote true colors, or they have some kind of scandal. It's like you held this person, you put this person on a pedestal and you held them in such high regard only to realize they're just like you and me. They they're fucked up. They have problems. They're yeah. they're not perfect angelic beings. They're yeah. they're humans. They just happen to have a skill that is marketable, you know, uh that, right. that can make a lot of money. But that doesn't mean that they're any different. They get a lot more attention than the average person, but they other than that, they yeah, it's not any different. <laughs> I mean, some of them are obviously narcissists. Uh, a lot of them probably are sure. because they're seeking that attention. But aside from that, yeah, it's not really any. They're still they're still a human being. But we put them, uh, yeah, on the pedestal. I, I didn't want to say that again, but it came to me because <laughs> it's um you know overused. But yeah, it, it's it is this idea of worship. Like people, a- atheists. You know, there are plenty of atheists, or and even Christians who say. They don't worship any, like atheists will say they don't worship anything. Christians will say they only worship God. But no, the what you put your time into is what you're worshiping. Like that, that's an idea I think that is, yeah. is overlooked by most people. It, it's, you know, an atheist will say, oh, I have no God, but they are, they, they'll sit in line for the, 
this is a little outdated, but they'll sit in line for three days for the next Star Wars movie to be the first one in line, you know, or or Xbox or PlayStation or or whatever it is. But that you're investing a significant portion of your time on, you know, on this earth to commit energy to this thing like that. That's that's worship, you know? Yeah. And man, yeah, this there's just this song is so dense. I'm not going to break down all the lyrics, but. One thing that I that I did want to talk about is the, you know, he says, what the fuck is my problem? It's a prayer for the American religion. And I think that that's a really good phrase. You know, the American religion is popularity. It's it's having eyes on you. It's the, the commodity is attention. Um, so right. I don't know. I wanted to I wanted to bring that up and see if you had anything specific to say about that. Well, you know, the, the whole American dream kind mm-hmm. of uh, language that you hear a lot. And it's, it's one of those things where we, when we idolize these people, these celebrities, musicians, artists, directors, whatever, and I'm guilty of it just as much as the next person, but you, you're, the American dream really does become, it becomes a type of religion but it also becomes this it becomes an actual dream and it and it can bleed into maybe some f- like thoughts and feelings of like jealousy and a little bitterness right because you're thinking man i had this idea back in the day and this other person's doing the exact same thing just you know in the time when it was something that was attainable or something that was marketable in that, in that moment. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's, it's not a dream anymore. It's, it's, it's a cult almost where it's like the, the American dream is not simply to be successful and fulfilled at what you do and to be able to provide for your, yourself, for your family, whatever. It's now become this thing where, I, I I need to be famous. I need to be, mm-hmm. I need to have more than I could possibly ever want or need. And I have to get it by any means necessary. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where the American dream has, has what it's turned into. Not, not for everybody, obviously, but you know, the, the American dream 150 years ago was, I want to go to America so I can make a decent wage and my family doesn't starve to death, you know? And now it's, I got to be a celebrity. You, you ask kids what they want to be when they grow up now. And they'll say like, I want to be a a TikTok influencer. Or just, I want to be famous. You know? Yeah. Yeah. My goal is to be famous. It's not to be the best at a particular craft. You know, it's, you know, I want, you know, every all of society seems to put value on views and clicks, but it, it, you don't have to be good at what you do. You just have to get clicks. You have to, you know, be um, what's the word? Uh, ec- not economical, um, com- com- commoditizable. <laughs> you have you have to be a commodity. <laughs> you know, like you're you're <laughs> yeah. And and it's funny. Uh, I love the line. Where is it? Um, uh, I found myself in a funk for a whole weekend over email failures and DMs. Did they get that shit? Should I resend? What should I do when I see them? Like, <laughs> there's there's so much depth in those few lines. 
you know, you 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 mm. tweet or direct message a celebrity and they don't respond, and then it's like, well, shit, did I say the wrong thing? Why didn't they respond to me? It's like you don't realize that they're probably getting thousands of those a week, and you know, stressing out about what you do, what you're gonna do or say whenever you when you get a chance to meet them. Like I've I've met uh, comedians, and I, I mean, it, it, it is weird. Like it it it's so weird that they're just another person, but you can't you literally can't see them as the same as you because you know, and I don't really know what that is because is it because you know, they've interacted with so many more people than you. And that's why you don't want to uh, move that gauge of the average human experience for them. You don't want to give them a bad experience. You, you know, you hope, hope to give them a good experience, but I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing that, that you get nervous whenever you talk to someone famous. Like why? I don't understand that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a really weird phenomenon. And I, I wish I knew more about it. There's probably, there's probably studies on it, but I don't know who's going to fund that kind of a study. Um, but yeah, have you ever met anyone famous? Do you get nervous around those kind of interactions? I'm trying to think of the most famous person I have ever met. I I really haven't met any celebrities. I'm trying to I'm really trying to think. I've met Alton Brown. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You have. Twice. How was that? It was interesting. Um the first time I met him it was at a book signing. Well, both times I met him it was at a book signing. And uh, I told the first time I told him, I'm like, hey, I wanted to thank you because you, you helped me move from one career path to another. And he said, well, well, what was your career path? And I said, I was going to be a preacher, but now I want to be a chef. And he's like, oh, you can preach with food. You can definitely preach with food. And I was like, <laughs> cool. Like, <laughs> but I didn't really say anything else after that because I, I was just kind of stunned that he said that. The second time yeah. I met him, uh, I have a tattoo on my arm that is his logo from the show Feasting on Asphalt. And before we said anything to each other, he saw the tattoo and he said, is that real? And I said, oh, yeah. And I held up my arm and he grabbed my wrist and was like showing his team like, wow, he's got this tattoo. <laughs> so that was really cool. Yeah, that's that. But again, I remember that story. That's but again, cool. I, I just I, I shut down like I didn't I was so nervous. I didn't know how else to engage with him. And um, I did. When you told him when you told him you were going to be a preacher, <laughs> what, did you sound um embarrassed when you said it I, I probably did i definitely felt embarrassed because it felt like a because at that time i was still considering myself a christian and it felt it right. did kind of feel a bit like a failure because he was like well you could preach with food like you know he, i don't know it was i'm sure that's not what he meant um but it was uh definitely i i felt awkward at that point because i i realized as soon as i said it i was like oh i'm not to say i'm leaving the the hey the speaking goal of, of becoming a, uh becoming famous and celebrities why don't we make like a gastro church like our sermons are <laughs> built around food pairings every sunday okay i'm into this i think this this idea has some legs um i'll think about that more you have to remind me though <laughs> because i definitely could preach with food for sure jesus said you are not what you eat you know yeah you got to eat uh three Five loaves of bread and three fish every week, you know. Um, <laughs> that's what the Bible is saying, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually perfect uh, historical context. So, I know there's probably more that I was going to say about that, but my my brain shifted over. I want to talk about uh, Open Mike Eagle a little bit. Um, in that that Harmontown episode that I mentioned, he 
they were trying to talk about because Dan loved to to freestyle on that on that show, and he was ninety percent bad and ten percent like amazing. <laughs> like he would be yeah. really bad for so long, and then every now and then he would get he would just uh, get in a in a in a groove and spit some real good rhymes. And they were talking about what is it like to freestyle, and you know how today freestyling is is more about not having a musical track, but having, you know, some pre-written phrases and stuff. But the, what, how Mike Eagle got started, he was saying that him and his friends, you know, heard about freestyling and and would practice uh, and, and and just kind of get together. And that's all they would do for, or for, you know, periods of time. And Dan was like, well, so is the enemy of freestyling thinking too much or, or not, um, yeah, basically thinking too much. And he said, no, the, the enemy is stopping. The The whole point to freestyle and to get better at freestyle is just to not stop, to always right. be saying something. And whether it's good or bad, just don't stop. I mean, that, and that's the rule of improv, too. That's the rule of, of, yes, any, ending. Yeah, of any art form is to just keep going. And you'll find the things that resonate with you. You'll find the things that are good that that you like to produce and those those things will keep popping back up the more that they those things are successful. And yeah. I thought that was that's a really valuable lesson is just to keep if you if you're going to create anything just do it. And and I, I you know, I've found that with my pottery is that when I get in a funk and I feel that I don't feel inspired, well, just make a bunch of shit. Like just make stuff right. that you know you're going to throw away. Because you will eventually stumble upon something that works. And then you go, you take that path. Oh, man. And it's just, it's so interesting. Because then you get into the, the whole idea of like, where, where do ideas come from? You know, is it, is it, are you channeling the ideas? Do you come up with the ideas yourself? I personally don't think so. <laughs> I, I think it mm-hmm. is just grasping in the dark. And, and then occasionally you find something that is worth repeating or something that is, sustainable or something what's the word i'm looking for yeah you you eventually find something that works and right. and then you and then yeah. you follow that path and that's kind of like what we do in life too is you kind of bump up against difficulty walls and not to say that you shouldn't push through those sometimes but yeah you just you, you just make something like do something and and find what works and what doesn't i mean life does seem to be kind of just an endless um, cycle of trial and error. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Wise words. Yeah, it could have been uh, <laughs> more succinctly put, but uh, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else to talk about this song. I just, I, I like the idea of w- when he says, you know, the enemy is stopping, and and that's true of so many different things, and you can see it in his lyrics, like how creative his rhymes are, that he has done this a lot. And yeah, you know, some of his cadence and inflection uh, in this song did remind me a little bit of like Childish Gambino. Oh, Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, they they flow differently, but some of the way he was enunciating certain words and and going up and then maybe tracking back down on, you know, from word to word was was pretty reminiscent of of Donald Glover. Um, you still poop yeah, and I, you still pee pee. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, one thing, I love that sequence of, I mean, it's silly, 
but it's so it's so true. <laughs> you, yeah, it's you, so... you sat down and got started not knowing there was no TP. You got yeah, up and then you so waddled. Good. That shit might happen tomorrow. It's like, yeah. It's... <laughs> how many people have done the poop walk it's so to good. get another roll of toilet well, paper? And, and I, I like the progression of the the lyrics too, where it talks. You know, it starts off where um, you know you're putting these celebrities on a pedestal. Uh, it's your it's a knee jerk reaction. Uh, and then it's like, well, I've, I've reached out, but they're not reaching out back. And then he starts to realize that they they do all the same things that I do. And this is just, you know, it, this is my problem. And as he start as the, the song, uh, as the singer starts to realize or the rapper starts to realize that, you know, they don't necessarily deserve to be on a pedestal and they're just like us. He gets angrier. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like the lyrics yeah. get angrier mm-hmm. as the song goes on. And I think that's a very good artistic choice like because it is you know almost like the the stages of grief where you know the denial and the anger and all that stuff where as you realize that this 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 idea that you have is dying because you're realizing what's actually happening you you get angry and and I, and I love that I love the how the energy shifts once the lyrics shifts over to realizing that yeah. these these yeah, people Yeah his are, delivery is is really spot on Yeah so uh, that was the last thing that I that I had to say about this song. Do you have anything else? No, I uh, I'm gonna be listening to his stuff now though. Yeah. So his rhymes are really good. Like th- this isn't a rhyme, but one of his other songs he says, "Don't invite me to your wedding. You didn't invite me to your funeral." And I'll let you uh, <laughs> find that that song and, and listen and, and enjoy that because it's that's a good song too. Nice. All right. Well, we are going to do one more little game. That I have for CJ, and again, I don't think we've done this for a while. This is a game called Mine or Divine, where I give CJ uh, the words to a church sign, and he has to figure out if it is a if it is a church sign that that actually has existed, or if it's one that I made up. And CJ, I have a little bit of a twist for you this time. Okay, I'm going to give you two, and you have to figure out which one is mine and which one is divine. Oh, okay. So. All right, let's do it. The first one. They got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. Tupac. So it's mm. it's a Tupac lyric that they're giving credit to. They got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. Tupac. And then the second one is On God, No Fap. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god. What? Okay, so one of these is mine and one of these is divine, is that right? Correct. Oh my god. Um uh, So give me the give me the divine. Oh my god. Um uh <laughs> This is this is um, this is probably my most sinister one because neither one of them should be on a church sign. Well, neither one of them you would think uh, would be on a church sign. Uh, I hate this so much. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say the divine is <sighs> the Tupac the Tupac lyric. You said the divine is the Tupac one. Yeah. You are correct, sir. Oh gosh, thank you. 
Well, the the only reason why <laughs> the only reason why is because I could see a church doing that because I you know the whole pacifist thing, um, but also we've <laughs> we've done the whole millennial or not millennial Gen sorry Z. the Gen Z uh, lingo stuff, and I thought. Luke might be throwing me for one right right now, but that's why I hesitated so much was because yeah. I was like, "Is he throwing me?" I was trying or... to re- I was trying to re- reverse psychology you and thinking, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You almost got it. You almost yeah. got it. I was. Ugh. No, it's it's. I'm fine that you got it because I, I I enjoyed the struggle. <laughs> I knew I had I'm, something I'm... good whenever you started when you couldn't tell which one. For so long. I'm going to, well, I'm going to, when I listen back to this for editing, I'll see how much of that struggle I want to leave in. No, it's but, all got to stay in. Okay. Unless you're going to edit this out. He struggled a lot, everybody. <laughs> he struggled a lot with no fat. What, what if we just do? So we have an episode titled On God, No Cap. Should we, should we name this one On God, No Fap? <laughs> oh maybe maybe Uh, that's that's yeah we'll see uh (laughs) well i guess it's time for us to hit the dusty trail and uh you know no fap (laughs) and you can check us out on social media we are on facebook instagram twitter uh tiktok you can look us up there, uh, Praise and Broship Podcast. Uh, also, you can email us. Email us at praiseandbroshippodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from y'all on any of our socials or our email. And until next week, always remember to love your neighbor. As yourself. Bye. Bye. <laughs>